Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the Jesus episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan here with Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. What are your initial thoughts of the episode? One, Jesus is awesome. Jesus is awesome. And it was great to, to have an episode dedicated to him and the benefit he brings to the church. And two, I can definitely see now why we waited to talk about him. That especially in the in in light of the focus we brought to that episode fit with this season so well. Not only what the benefit of the church is, but also going back to the church versus business episode. I think we definitely connected a lot of dots between this episode and that episode that started the season off. Yeah, it's amazing. What about you, PJ? Is there anything that this episode got you thinking about? Yeah, this is this is definitely connected with my own personal experience of uh, pastors. And okay. So when I was first learning about what it meant to be a pastor or when I was, I was actually identified as a pastor at a home church that you and I were a part of. Right. And I was not happy about this. Hmm. I was not happy because the two pastors that I had that were the most influential over my life, one was on the strict side was seen as the CEO. Okay. He, you know, was more of a boss, more of a bully. He would hear very personal information about the people at his church and in certain meetings and then would share that information or use that information kind of against those people uh, if they yeah. were out of line. So, um, but he would refuse himself to share a lot of personal information. So that pastor was like a CEO. So that was kind of rolling around in my brain. I don't want to be a CEO in a company. I don't want to be a bully. I don't really consider myself that ambitious, nor do I want to just walk around hurting people. So in my brain, there was, you know, one type of pastor who hurts people. So when someone says you're a pastor, you're immediately thinking, no, I'm not. I'm not like not, the CEO. Yeah, I don't like want to be the boss. CEO. Right, exactly. I don't I'm want to be a bully. This yeah, I don't want to be the CEO in a company. Okay. Um, because that's what a church was in my eyes. Um, well, and then flipping all the way to the other side is, you know, the buddy Christ side. Yeah. To make you feel good. I had another pastor who um, was an enabler. So there were a lot of issues and a lot of circumstances that were going on. And because he was actually a part of the church with the bully pastor, the CEO pastor, he didn't want to be like that CEO bully. That pastor. maybe why he, he went all the way to the other side of the spectrum. I think so. And that kind of became the mission of that pastor. Now that, that pastor and myself were both a part of, uh, we were both under that CEO's leadership and we, left to go um you know i i left with him and he kind of became my full-fledged pastor but the mission of that church became we don't want to hurt you okay so it was a safe place for people who'd been hurt by church but there wasn't a lot of healing that took place and as we know hurt people hurt people yeah 
We know that we know that saying. Right. And so in effort to not hurt people, people were really hurt. And a lot of, it was a lot of people's last go at being a part of the church. Mm. They were going to give this church kind of one last shot. Yeah. And a lot of my friends were a part of it. And now very few of them are actually involved with church and then very few of, of these people actually believe in God at all. Oh, it's heartbreaking. It is. It's really, it was really tough. So, you know, I'm kind of a strange anomaly of, uh, you know, in my friend group to be, yeah. <laughs> to even be more crazy. To be a Christian, uh, let alone a pastor yourself. But oh a Christian. yeah. So it, it took me a while to really understand what it means. So not a CEO and not an enabler. And this is a great, this is a great time, PJ. Can you kind of give, can you give us an overview of these two sides as it relates to Jesus? Yeah. I mean, it's really taking what you just shared in your own story and, and attributing those traits to Jesus. So we either see Jesus as this boss bully who it's his job to convict you of your sin and to show you where you're wrong and to judge you. Or it's his job just to completely hinder you from feeling any pain at all. Yeah. So we call it, you know, the CEO or the bully versus Buddy Christ or the enabler. There you go. And so neither, I, I, what helped me heal was doing kind of what you did, which was that's not being a pastor. I get that those people call themselves pastors. I get that those people will say that they are leading, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying quote with quotes around it, leading churches. But one of the things that's benefited and helped me heal is really identifying which churches are actually running like businesses. So instead yeah. of saying that's a church, I will say that that is a religious organization at times. Yeah. Okay. So instead of going, why am I getting mad? I know that they call themselves a church, but this is run like a business. This is right. really to, to, to gain resources to do these even good things. Right. So I don't need to, I can keep the word church as something that's positive for me the same thing that's true with these pastors is instead of going, I know that they have the title of a pastor. I can consider people bosses. Yeah. I can call them bossy bosses. I could call them religious authorities. Yeah. So that's where it's when we're helping people who've been hurt by church. I don't want to not be called a pastor. I want to be called a pastor. That's for the benefit of other people that they consider me a pastor. They consider right. us pastors. So I could just say, okay, you know what? No one call me pastor anymore. That will help you. Everyone call me shepherd, you know, call me shepherd, Jonathan. And that could work for a season, but still, I think it's, there's more of a benefit to repairing or healing and having the right definition for what a pastor is 
and then taking all of those attributes of the bullies and the CEOs and the enablers off of the pastor tree. Instead so that, of not using the word pastor anymore and just in, you're because ultimately long-term you end up enabling the person to still have a negative emotion and a wrong definition behind the word pastor. So when anyone introduces themselves as pastor, they go, but I don't trust yeah. them. I don't like yeah. them. I don't want to have anything to do with it. It's like, no, I'm fine calling people pastor now because it's been repaired. Yeah. And it really goes back to, you know, what kind of pastor are you? And I loved what you said in the episode about we're getting a glimpse into the view of being a husband. Yeah. And what these guys are like as, you know, husbands um, are oftentimes. And, and Pastor Patty, who's a woman at um, Music of Life Church Appleton, has definitely um, helped me understand all of these strategies that males have in order to be happy, the pastor will use that same strategy towards their flock. Mm. And so she helped me see that actually the way that, that someone pastors shows that pastor's confidence in who God's made them to be. Oh, wow. Is he, is he pastoring to abuse the flock? You know, is it like being that, bully that boss is he trying to make everyone feel comfortable or you know not bringing any tension or is he trying to be comfortable is he looking for a bunch of affirmation from the flock is he you know very ambitious is he trying to build this kingdom and do a list of and a bunch of things and make a bunch of things happen or is he trying to help the flock become who the flock is supposed mm. to be well, that's treating great. God's flock as it is God's flock. And they, these pastors have a role in helping that flock become something that's beneficial, which again, I'm really uh, proud and excited to have pastor Patty, a woman pastoring alongside of pastor Simon and I, to help us get that perspective so that this whole pastorship doesn't turn into a dumb boys club. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, what was it? I don't, I don't think if you had, if you shared it, I, I heard the word in your story, but what was it that caused you to feel good about the word pastor and being a pastor yourself? I mean, the, the word that I got was really, it was understanding what it meant to be a shepherd and understanding that a shepherd is caring for the flock and, um, okay. Laying his he, life down for the sheep. Laying, yeah, yeah exactly. Say. So the key was, so you had this, you had this dichotomy of, of what a pastor was. It's either a bully or an enabler. And it, and it wasn't until you got the right definition to a pastor until you started the repair of what that, what that meant for you. And, and also the emotion you had attached to the responsibility of being a pastor. And that was recognizing a pastor as a shepherd, right? It's not a bully. It's not an enabler. It's a shepherd. And that would be the, the conjunctive answer, right? That would be, that's the, the narrow path. Absolutely. You have the strict, you know, the, the limitation side is the bully. The freedom side is the, is the enabler 
the truth, the conjunctive is a pastor, it's a shepherd who cares for his sheep, cares for the flock. That's such a great story. And it just reminds me once again, like this, this thing we learned, you and I have learned this recently, not in the last couple of years, that mental health starts with definitions. Yeah. These areas in our life that we have contradictions, that we're depressed, that we're anxious, something in, in our brain and our thought process with some words has gone wrong. The programming in our brain, which is made up of words, which are made up of definitions and emotions mm-hmm. has gone wacky. Yep. And we can start repairing that. And it starts with definition. So when you first were taught, well, the pastor's a shepherd that didn't immediately make you feel good about it. Right. But it started to make sense. It made more sense than the other two options you were given. Yep. And then the more you stepped into that, it increased the emotion to what it meant to be a pastor, which then as an, as an effect, as a result, the word pastor has a smiley face in it in your brain now. Bingo. Not only for yourself and being able to carry that burden with you, but in other pastors you see. And so when I hear that Jesus is the shepherd or Jesus is supposed to pastor us, it doesn't He's make me feel, shepherd, right? yeah. yeah, then it gives me a little, really the key into what it is that I'm supposed to do in relation to the flock that God wants me to care for is I, as a shepherd, am supposed to lead people to the good shepherd who in turn leads people to the father. It's like, we're all just trying to do the same thing. It's like, I'm all, I'm, I am trying to walk with people. I'm not abusing them by lording over them or damaging them or getting them to do what I want them to do. Nor am I just letting them walk off a cliff and hurt themselves. Right. I'm stepping in to confront and address these issues where people can get hurt in a way that's caring. So we can see a person's doctrine on marriage based on how they pastor a church. We can also see a person's doctrine of Jesus and how they pastor a church. When we see people pastor, no matter how they're pastoring, it is a representation of that person's belief about who Jesus is and how he led people. So one of the, one of the amazing, I think one of the amazing things to ask the sheep in a church or the members in a church is to ask them, how do you feel when your pastor confronts you? Mm. Because if, because a shepherd ought to help you feel like they care for you when they confront you, that's a really good, that's a really good um, measure, really good proof of someone being a great pastor. You have to confront. And when you confront, does some, does, is, is their response to feel like they cared, you know, that you're caring for them because that's the way to show it. There's only one objective way to show that you're that you do care for the flock and it's to address things that might make other people feel tweaky tweaky yep it is the the pastor's uh a benefit to the church in that it is another 
vessel for the church to hear from God. You know, and Jesus was the ultimate example of that. Yeah. And emptying himself and being a vessel for the father to work through. Yeah. And shepherds are supposed to do the same thing to their sheep, pastors to their, to their people. On the topic of tweakiness, here's, here's what I was saying in what the flock that I wanted to ask you about. Can you explain the verse Isaiah 53 10 to me? <laughs> yeah. About why it pleased God to bruise Jesus, because yeah. that sounds completely sadistic. It does. So what it sounds like sounds sadistic. Right. right. And so this is so what I'm about to do here is share with you my interpretation of this. And what I do is I try to take a step back when I read a verse like this, I try to take a step back and really slow down and remember who the subject of the verse is, who that person is and what they desire and what their objective is. So as a human, it's easy to take, it feels sadistic because it's like, well, because when I bruise people, it's, <laughs> it's always for my own benefit at that person's expense. So if I'm pleased by beating the crap out of somebody and giving them a black eye, then I'm sadistic. Yeah. Well, that's me projecting who I am and my objectives and my intents onto God in mm. the in the Bible. Mm. So take a step back. It's like it proves it it pleased him to bruise Christ. Well, God's right and just. He is good. Right? Everything he does is profitable because of because of who he is. He can't help but create. We also know that in order to create, sometimes short-term destruction needs to happen. Mm. So, and God the Father is a God of the future. Not that, and, and what I mean by that is he is a dreamer. <laughs> he is focused on the future and he wants, meaning he wants everything to always be better than it is today. Not that he's not in the moment, enjoying the moment with us. But he has big plans. Yeah. And he's excited for those plans to happen so much so that he even sent the spirit here now so that we could start experiencing those plans today. That's so good. None of it would have been possible without Jesus coming to earth and getting his butt kicked. <laughs> so it's not that. So that's my interpretation of this knowing okay. who God is, knowing okay. what God wants, knowing how God works. I read that verse and I think it's not about the literal physical bruises Jesus is getting. It's about what the injustice against Jesus is going to lead to, what the result is going to be. And the result is God, the father is going to be able to have fellowship with the bride through Christ. None of it would have happened without Jesus coming to earth and doing what he did to die, to be buried and to rise again. That's what that verse means. So it's like, okay, let me just put it into human terms. 
Is it like a training montage? Like you remember what you know when you watch a training montage? Any of the Rocky movies? Right. Yeah. When you watch a training montage, are you sitting there going, this is so lame? No, think of like threat level midnight on the office. Yeah, the you know the exercises Rocky's doing in Rocky Four in Russia. Right. Yeah, the music is all like, oh you know, and and what's going on is is that person in the training montage is experiencing incredible amounts of pain, right? Oh, yeah, they in are. A, there's never a training montage in which someone experiences zero pain. Oh, you're right. They are. They're, they're kicking their own butts. Yes, we are watching them just get demolished. Uh-huh. Yeah. And handle and, and we're watching this and it is brutal. If you were that person... When you're in a training montage or when you're training, you're experiencing such incre- inc- incredible amounts of pain, but you're handling that pain like a hero. Oh, right. Right. right? And you're accomplishing all of that and you're getting better and better and better and better yeah. until, you know, when the montage is over, that person is like shiny and strong and they've learned this task. And they're ready for the game, right? And they're ready. Whatever that game is. So if we could just see that verse, I think, in terms of God the Father was watching the ultimate moment where Jesus was stepping through a ton of pain that would lead him to incredible glory seated on as the king yeah. for all of eternity. And it would be impossible for that journey to happen without that bruising right. to have occurred right that's that's great and this during the training <laughs> cool. there there's yeah. purpose behind it yeah. so you know the people who end up let's use like all the training montages i'm sure people are thinking about right now are probably people in the gym or running really fast or some boxing movie or something or like military boot camp whatever yeah there's a good one all of those great examples we have that cause us to feel really encouraged and like, man, I'll watch like the movie Rudy. I'll oh, watch that 100%. movie and literally I'll finish that movie thinking I could go and walk on to Notre Dame and actually make the football team. Let's go. I yep. am so jacked. Yep. There's purpose behind the training. Rudy had purpose. Rocky had purpose. Michael Scarn had purpose. <laughs> Jesus had a purpose to step through that yes. for the joy that was set before him. The joy. He endured the cross. So think of the people who maybe get a gym membership in January and then flunk out by mid February. Why are you, why are you going to the gym? Well, I just want to, you know, cause I want to be healthier. Maybe that's too abstract of a purpose. Like what, what are you going towards? What is yeah. the objective measure you have that you, that your training was worth it and was valuable. Nice. You think of all these, Aww. that's, that's why we suffer through the pain because the benefit we're going to receive at the other end of this training is greater than the pain we're experiencing during the training. Amazing. That's how much Jesus loves us. That's how much he cares about the church. He went through what he did, knowing that the benefit he would get at the end of all this is greater than the suffering he had to deal with. 
So we as leaders, we want to be helping people find a, a reason and a benefit for them that is worth walking through all of the pain and the difficulty and all of the tweakiness, but that it's worth it. Right. So no wonder when the only answer we can give people is get saved so you Heaven. don't go to hell. Yeah. Or yeah. Or avoiding hell. Yeah. There you go. Then no wonder these people tend to, after this emotional high they get upon receiving Christ is gone, they end up leaving the church. Like what else is there? There's nothing else. Nice. Like what's the purpose that's ahead of me that's worth dealing with the tweakiness of this confrontation we experience from the God who loves us so much that he's going to chastise us. Mm. What is worth all of that? Oh, living the life of fellowship and of joy that we experience when we empty ourselves and allow the Holy spirit to work through us far surpasses the tension and the tweakiness we experience during the training we get from God. And the tweakiness then shows us that we're on the right path. Right. So you're like, you're experiencing things and you're, what was your tweakiness today? You know, you're going to be asking people, what's the, what was the tweaky thing that happened to you today that made you go, Ooh, that, and then you go, all right, now, now we're walking the path. Our response to the tweakiness shows us what it is that we believe. Man, this episode really went somewhere. (laughs) This is so fun. Oh man. Thank you, PJ. This has been just incredible. <laughs> Praise the Lord, right? Praise Jesus. It's like, we're, we're talking about this stuff because of the, the example he set for us and man, this is fun. So, yeah, dude, it is. It's so much fun. It is so much fun. Yeah. Wow. Training montage. That blew my mind. Yeah. It was That's a good year. word, PJ. Thanks, man. Yeah. I just, Praise the Lord. I, I yeah, it's great. This man. is so that's fun. From God, that's from yeah. God. Yeah, it's so. And fun. that's the key because I got now. It's like a, that's also the key to us continuing to grow. We can get to the point where the training. Not only are we able to suffer through it because of this great thing out in front of us, the purpose that it is that's set before us is why we're doing the training. But then the more we experience the benefit of the training, the more we're willing to take that backward step again and go through it more, and suffer more. Bingo. Because as we suffer more, the benefit is going to be greater and greater and greater. So these montages, like the training becomes harder. Why? Because my purpose is greater. That's right. The more I experience that and enjoy it, the more that emotion, that positive emotion transit transfers onto the training itself. <laughs> Not that Jesus was smiling and experiencing a ton of happy chemicals while he's on the cross getting his Mm -mm. butt kicked. Mm -mm. But there was this hope he had that made all of that worth it. There was joy set before him in the midst of all of that. There is joy. It's like literally, you know, he's on the cross and it is like, there's this picture in front of him about what he is going to achieve yep what he's doing that what is all this for i know i know know. this is for and that's why i'm able to step into this yeah for anyone who needs a challenge that is that is epic 
you know, my wife, my wife, Morgan, I know that you, Pastor Joel, you guys need challenges. Right. So this whole idea of what is worth it yeah. is the challenge. Yeah. What's worth it to do this thing? Yep. And I've seen, and I've seen you read certain verses and you're like, um, you know, uh, one of your, one of your verses that I feel like you love is the follow Christ as I follow him. Yep. To imitate be able, as I imitate Christ. Yep. To be able to say that is yeah. like this yep. humongous, like what's worth it. It's worth it for you to be able to say to someone as I follow Christ, follow me. And then the Hezekiah prayer. When he yeah. tells God, the father, I walked before you in truth and with the perfect heart. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I want to be able to say that in a prayer to God. Nice. When I'm, when I'm referencing why I think I've merited whatever I'm asking for to be able to, with integrity, say to God, I walked before you in truth and with a perfect heart, do this thing for me. Yeah. Woo! That's incredible. That is bold. bold yes, bold, it bold. is. Oh, awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's start closing. Let's start landing this plane. I'd like to take a look at the three categories of people that we cover related to their self-esteem, Pastor Joel. All right. Well, we have the low self-esteem perspective. These are the people we feel sorry for. Another way you could say it, we have compassion on them, right? Yes. We pity them. You know what? You know what? The people who get so frustrated at you, like, don't pity me. Yes. Are actually showing that whatever that area is, they're in a low self-esteem. Oh, snap. <laughs> it's like, because if I'm a high self-esteem, I want you to pity me in the areas where I need my pain bore. You feel yeah. bad for me. You have pity on me. Thank you. You're benefiting me. It's a gift. Nice. But these, so, so I, I say that to say, I, once again, I do this periodically where I want to make sure what we're, what we're saying here is we have compassion on these people. Not we think they're bad people. Nice. And really, we're usually really careful about making sure we're we're talking about a person's behaviors, their words, not who they are intrinsically in their soul. Nice. These people who have low self-esteem in this area are people I'm wondering if they're even saved. They, they may think they are and they're not. Because it seems a lot of times the God that they're serving, the, the Savior, the Lord Jesus that they're serving is not the Lord that's actually depicted in the scriptures. Mm. These are going to be people at low self-esteem are going to, are going to fight tooth and nail for whatever beliefs they already hold. And I feel bad for people like that. It's a being in pride is a, it's a tough position to be in and finding all these rationalizations why, you know, Jesus would just let me do whatever I want because it feels good to me is not the savior that I read. Mm. The mid self-esteem are people who they they'll walk out of a church because they know a CEO and a pastor shouldn't be the same thing. Maybe these people are searching for a person to actually care for them. And they're sick of being in a place where every week the they're not seeing Christ yeah. through the person at the pulpit like they should be. And the high self-esteem are people who know who Jesus is. They know 
how to share Jesus the right way, including helping other people embrace the benefits that they themselves are embracing as it relates to ultimately fellowship with God the Father through Christ and fellowship with their church community through Christ. Mm. Awesome. Which leads to the ultimate answer. Can you remind us what the ultimate answer is, Pastor Joel? Yeah, Jesus's greatest desire and the big picture benefit he brings to the church is to connect you to the Father on a day-to-day basis. Nice. And we're going to get into the small picture in the future. Yeah, the next episode will cover the the specific things he does in order and and things he benefits the church in in order to accomplish this main main benefit he wants to give amazing well thank you pastor joel thank you to everyone who's listening this has been the music of life church podcast if you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic please let us know we'll see you next time